Welcome to Fresh Take with Ranveer and Joey. It's the other way. It's the other. Okay. Welcome back to Fresh Take with Joey and Ranveer. A little more human. You want me to do that? More human. Okay. Welcome back to Fre- Fresh. Welcome back to Fresh Take with Joey and Ranveer. We good? We got it. Sponsored. Okay. Fresh Take with Joey and Ranveer is sponsored by Subway. Eat fresh. The Fresh Take with Joey and Ranveer is not sponsored by Subway. Eat fresh. Why do we have that? Who wrote? Okay. Who wrote that? Who? Who? Any, okay. Enjoy the episode. Whatever. Hi, my name's Rain Beer. And I am Joey. And ladies and gentlemen, it's the inaugural episode of Fresh Take with Rain Beer and Joey. Joey and Rain Beer, however you want to spin it. First podcast. Um, first of all, I just want to say thank you to everyone that is watching. Um, please share with your friends our podcast so we can grow and expand our uh, our audience but we appreciate you guys keep watching or listening and uh we'll get better as time goes we got some really cool stuff that we have planned i really like our logo that's awesome that's the only time i've ever spent money on artwork (laughs) so uh i hope you guys like it i hope you guys enjoy the podcast because that was 15 bucks from each of us and shout out to sydney smith sydney smith for making it um you guys better enjoy this podcast because we did not i love it and I want to keep using it. It's been about a year in the making, actually, when we look back at it. Last last summer, I contacted you. Yes. And I was like, hey, we're both pretty reasonably minded people. We could get together and do a somewhat politically turned podcast, but still have fun with it. And I think me and Joey can really do that Um and, you know, just have fun while we're up here and still have, while we're having fun, still having serious conversations. Yeah. That really is our goal. And, and I think we are capable of that because Ranveer and I have had multiple conversations where we can get deep, get serious, and then immediately have some fun after that. And I'm just stupid enough where I can carry a conversation and put little little trinkets here and there. But I think I know just enough where I can also carry that conversation in a passable way. I'm kind of like Columbus. We'll get there. <laughs> That's where the similarities end with Columbus. I know the statue just came down. Did you kill a bunch of Native Americans? Not recently. Not that I remember, but, you know, I have that blackout issue. Um, No. You know, this is a great way to start our (laughs) podcast with me me saying, maybe I killed a bunch of Native Americans, Um, which actually is kind of a, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our segue. Um, We're talking about the Washington Redskins, changing their logo, changing their, their name. What do you think about that? So I think it's important for to for us to disrespect these native indians um you know going back to 1492 uh these people have been discriminated and killed mass killings just mass and i feel like we just disrespected a civilization that was here before us and because we named we've named teams sports teams by redskins braves indians chiefs whatever it may be uh, we need to respect these these native americans and i feel like for centuries we haven't done that yeah well what i've always come back to with this debate is people are always like why aren't, why aren't you mad about the braves why aren't you mad about the chiefs those aren't those are bad 100 percent. you're stealing from a culture but they're not a racial slur yeah they're not a racial slur you don't see any other team <coughs> in any other league parading as a racial slur with their logo being a racial slur and it's like how have we let this go for so long how have we 
let this continue for so long? We, I think we, the intent of that logo, I hope, or that name, wasn't to disrespect. And I hope Jan- Dan Schneider knows that. Yeah. And I hope he did that with the intent of it not being disrespectful. And it even being almost a symbolic way of them appreciating the Native Americans. I yeah. think you could spin this debate many ways, you know, where, hey, let's name our team the Washington Redskins because these Indians were here, the Redskin Indians were in Washington, and we should pay tribute to them. But in reality, they're not called Redskins. That's yeah. why That's why it's racist, because they're not called Redskins. What do you think their new name and logo is going to be? It's got to be 180. It's got to go from something that is denigrating an entire uh, civilization of people to something that's celebrating. Progressive. It's progressive. And th- I think they know that they got to do a 180. So I think whatever they come out of the box with is going to be like something no one's ever heard of, but it's got this incredibly rich history. And I hope this is not a cold take. I hope this is a fresh take. I hope they come with something that is like, wow, I didn't know a team could be named that. Yeah. So I've seen on Twitter... The Red Tails, which we which yeah. we said earlier, Th- that's a team. When you, when you want, if you want to talk about rich history, the first African American pilots in Washington were called the Red Tails. And if you really want to pay tribute, especially in today, what is going on in today's society with the African American community, if we want to pay homage, um, then that is somewhere where you know Dan Schneider and the, his team and the Washington the Washington Blanks can. <laughs> can uh, can take a turn for the better. Because if you look at the Redskins organization over the last yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't 15 know. years, I mean, what have they done? I mean, RG3 sadly got hurt, and then now they have Dwayne Haskins, who's their future, hopefully, you know. But that organization is just falling to crumbles, and yeah. I think as soon as they take this name change thing, and they are, they are taking, I hope, I believe I think they're, they're taking it seriously. They are taking it seriously. And I hope they're their franchise can take a turn for the better because, you know, the Washington Redskins, at the end of the day, they are a team in the NFL and they have a rich history in their team. Yeah. We, I, wanted, I want this to be about celebrating people, but knowing corporations and knowing business in America, it's going to be about whatever costs them the least amount of money yeah. and still allows them to save face. So I think they're going to go for the easiest thing that they could possibly do. But... In this situation, the easiest thing they could do, I think, is the Red Tails, and that is the best thing to do. I think that's a great name. And if you are celebrating, going back to your point on they could turn their franchise around here, you are celebrating a culture of people that make up most of your football team. And if you show that you are investing in them and their community, people are going to want to play harder for you. They're going to want to play better for you and and commit a little better. So maybe this is a win-win-win for the Washington Blanks. And when it comes to... (laughs) When it comes to... Racism in the NFL is a great turning point to another topic. But when it comes to racism in the NFL, the owners really haven't done anything when it comes down to it. I mean, you can name one African American head coach and two half African American head coaches. Yeah, and the one one of them that comes to mind isn't even a coach anymore because like the first African American coach I ever saw was Lovey Smith. For the Bears. For Tony Dungy for me. Tony Dungy as well, but for some reason, Lovey Smith sticks out. I don't, you, you don't see any people of color in decision-making positions in the NFL the other Chiefs, than... Uh, Eric Vian, Vian, I don't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> starts with <a> V. <laughs> he has been, I mean, if you look at the offensive, he's the offensive coordinator of the Chiefs. 
If yeah. you look at their offense. They're the best offense in the league. Explosive. Yeah. Completely explosive. And this dude does not have a head coaching job in the NFL. You are kidding me. There are Mike Tomlin and Brian Flores. Those are two yeah. that I can name. Off I think that might be the only two. And Mike Tomlin has, has had a very, very, very successful career when it comes to coaching. And I feel like when it comes to African-American head coaches in the league, I saw this on NFL Live, they don't get much of a chance. I mean, Marvin Lewis had his, his run. Marvin Lewis just wasn't a good coach yeah. for the Cincinnati Bengals. But you look at Jim Codwell in, in uh, Detroit and how he only got, I think, two, two and a half years. He took the Colts to a Super Bowl. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things where people of color have to work eight times harder and they have to give results eight times better. And I think what the conversation has turned to is kind of the conversation that we were having about collegiate admissions. It's that kind of like the quota. So I think a lot of people are here, and we got to hire more African American. We got to hire more people of color in these leadership positions. And immediately they're like, "Oh, there's that damn quota again. We got to try and fill this." What you were talking about is a perfect example of why it's not a quota. People with different perspectives bringing in different things is always going to be a better thing. It's not a guarantee that just because someone's a person of color, they're going to be an amazing head coach. But you have a better chance of connecting better with the fan base, better with the players, and that's going to energize your franchise more. The fact that they have to work harder shows that this is the exact opposite of a quota thing. You have to be... 10 times better than the other applicants to yeah. even get a look. Yeah. And then it, even if you get the job, like with, with Caldwell, you don't have as many strikes. You're playing on a two-strike kind of at-bat. So if you mess up twice, you're out of there sort of thing. Yeah. Well, also, I think it's easier for the players to connect with yeah. a black coach other than a white coach because that black coach fully understands where those black players are coming from. Now, he may not understand where those white players come from, but when when these African-American players make up it's, 75% of your roster, I mean, look at the Colts. I mean, they, they I'd say at least 60% of their team is African-American. Yeah. And we, I'm not mad at Frank Reich. I love Frank Reich. He's done a great job with the Colts, and I love the Colts. But uh, we got rid of Jim Codwell really quick. Yeah. Do you think as a society we're even close to doing something with unbiased? Do you think we are just intrinsically biased? I think that we are taking the steps as a society. I mean, you see it now with all these young people protesting Black Lives Matter. I mean, I went to a protest and I would say I saw, I went to a protest oh, about a month ago and I'd say I saw about at least 300 people there, you know? like all, yeah. And that was a month ago. All these young people gathering together, making social change is important. I mean, it's a it's our new civil rights movement. What you saw with um, MLK, Malcolm X, not Malcolm X, but like the, the type of movement was is the same. I mean, let's get rights for our people of color in America. Yeah. Well, I think the most important thing I've seen as well is the conversation is now changing. It's no longer about... For the young people, at least, I, I don't know, I'm not an old person, but it's no longer a black and white issue. It's now an America versus racism, racism. <laughs> which is unbelievable that it has taken us this long to, as a country, for the majority, stand out and say, hey, racism's pretty bad. I think we should quit that. What's more unbelievable is that some people are like, hey, you know, <laughs> I like it a little bit. I think we should keep it. The fact that those people 
I don't know. It's just racism in itself doesn't fully make sense. From its very core, does not make sense. The idea that I am inferior or superior to you because of my skin color is dumb. It's That's dumb. just a dumb idea. We're going to say it. We're going to make a blanket statement. I don't care who we offend. Racism's dumb. Racism's dumb, folks. But it, it's not just that. It's this issue that has been for people that are racist. It doesn't. It's nature versus nurture. You are not born racist. You are not born superior or inferior. There is deep, 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 deep systemic things that... When I was a kid, you know what I was? I was told I could do anything. I, could, I was told I could do whatever I wanted. And I could see people in positions of power that looked like me. That is a huge step above. If I see people, if I'm already in a household that views minority people or people that are different as less than me, and then I go outside and it's proved for me, well, I mean, like, how do you combat against that? And, and you cannot make someone who wants to believe that they're not better if their entire life they've been told that they're better. And I see it with some of my friends where they don't support racism, but they don't support the Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah. And I think we should talk about that because it it makes sense to me. But the fact that you say the Black Lives Matter organization is corrupt, you could say that about any organization. Yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I can say that about every organization that has ever been known to America. They are corrupt. If they are publicly traded, it's corrupt. It's corrupt because those people have one goal in mind, and that's to make money. Mm-hmm. They're businessmen. So, I mean, when you say you don't support Black Lives Matter as a as the institution, but you support it as a movement, I think you should rethink your points. What do you think, Jerry? I think. The way that Black Lives Matter has been portrayed is anti-white. A bunch of rioters. A bunch of rioters, anti-white. They're going to come into the suburbs and they're going to... Marxists. They're Marxists, which I understand if that's all you're hearing and that's all you're seeing, you're not going to support it. You're going to say I'm not racist, but I don't support the way that they're, they're looting. I don't support the way that they're doing this and that. The way that they have been portrayed has completely demolished the message for a lot of people. Black Lives Matter is not anti-white. They're not rioters. They're not looters, for the most part. And you have outside instigators, which is a whole other issue that is, I think, being employed to to further soil the message. Exactly. So when I hear someone say, I'm not racist, I just don't support Black Lives Matter, I think they're on the right path. I don't think, you know, that's not acceptable. It's not acceptable to not be a supporter of Black Lives Matter right now and continuing forward. It's not acceptable. It's not enough to just not be racist. No, we have to... I grew up in Fishers, Indiana, a predominantly white city. And I loved it here. I love it here. I love it in Fishers. Oh my gosh. I would not live anywhere else. But I grew up with a lot of... You know, there was a lot of prejudice from a lot of my friends, you know, growing because they yeah. didn't know what, 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 what's it like to be brown in America. They don't know. You have no idea. Yet. I have no idea. Like, you're, and it, that's fine. That's, that's totally, and that's what's cool about America is the fact that I'm across from a white male right now and we're having a conversation on a podcast and we'll continue to do this. This isn't just a one time thing. We're going to continue to do this. Yep. And, you know, and that's awesome, but that's not enough. 
It's yeah. we African American people should not be dying from the hands of police. It, absolutely not. And that's what the Black Lives Matter movement is about. It's not anti-America. If you think it's anti-America, you may need to reimagine what you your image of America is. If anti-racism is anti-America to you, you've got a lot of problems. But yeah. uh, to your point, um, empathy has got to be a prerequisite everyone is taught. And we're seeing that with the, with the coronavirus epidemic. No one has empathy. Well, explain empathy. To, to <laughs> yeah. Empathy is, is putting yourselves in someone else's shoes. It's, it's what you saw with the performative activism. I, I may not understand, but I stand with you. That sort of thing. It's, it's, at its core, it's not corny. You know, the way it's being put out there, it's corny. But you've got to, I think, as people, empathy should be the number one skill we're taught. Yeah. How else can you... Look at someone that's different than you, at least on the outside, and at least try and understand. If you don't have empathy in even a, a, the smallest sense, you are not going to be able to accept people. And it should be on you. I'm, I'm tired of seeing stuff on Twitter like, explain to me this or educate me this. I'm a white person. I don't know this. That's not the person of color's job. Job. Do it is research. your job. Do your research. First thing you got to learn to be empathetic. And that is all really people of color in America are asking for. It's just some empathy. Um, understand that we have different experiences in America because just solely based on the color of our skin. Um, it shouldn't be like that. Martin Luther King fought for 18 years for uh, rights for African-American people or people of color. And that was almost 70, 80 years ago. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, I think what this boils down to is fear. Everything is fear-based now. And I don't want to get all crackpot and say it's the media's fault or anything, but fear-mongering sells, scaring people sells. You saw it with Corona. You saw it with Corona. You've seen it with everything, every single thing. I mean, the war on terror started because of fear-mongering. The war on drugs started because of fear-mongering. You're getting all these things. Fear is so, so, so powerful. And I think what the biggest part of fear in this situation and, um, and being afraid of the Black Lives Matter movement is I think for the first time in a lot of people's lives, they are finally understanding that they have a leg up, that they have an advantage for being white. And I think that a lot of people, myself included, when I first confronted myself over my, my own advantages, are afraid. You don't want to take a step back if you already have a step forward. Yeah. But you have to. You have to take a step back. And I explained systemic racism to one of my really good friends like this. And I saw this on the Patriot Act with Hassan Minaj. Wonderful um, show, by the way. Yeah. Every Sunday, he is fantastic. He's hilarious. Um, and he really explains everything that he like he he's an expert on what he's talking to you yeah. about. I re, I really do feel that way. But uh, what he said was, black people have been held back in this race of life for four hundred years, and ever since then, white people have been running to the finish line. And now, all of a sudden, sixty years ago, we let go of these African Americans and said, "Hey, go run." Um, and they are. 340 years behind and we expect them to be just 
we expect them to just be okay. I mean, 60 years ago, that's one person ago. One person yeah. ago, these these people of color were getting segregated. One person ago, these people were Jim Crow laws. One okay. person ago, two, one and a half people ago, there was slavery. The conversation is not, uh, well, white people got to go back to the start line. White people got to restart this race. The conversation is we run back, reach back to to them and pull them forward. Yeah. Get get them water. Get a little Gatorade stand set up sort yeah, of thing. Yeah. And pull them forward with us. This is not finishing who's going to be first, who's going to be second. This is making sure everyone crosses the finish line. Yeah, we're all in this together. And, and it, what's incredible, especially with what we're seeing with the coronavirus, is all of this is now being exposed. All the dirty laundry is starting to be brought out, especially in healthcare, how black people are at a much higher rate dying from the coronavirus. And that's been a problem for a while in healthcare. Is, um, I, it, there was a medical textbook that I saw on Twitter from 2017 that had like wildly inaccurate and very, very racist biases in the book saying like black people have a higher pain tolerance, but they're also more likely to make up symptoms. And they're not taken seriously at the hospital. And we're seeing that at a gigantic rate in the coronavirus. People are just dying because doctors and nurses have been taught, well, they're making it up. And that that isn't one of the most implicit examples of racial bias uh, that I, you could look at. You point to that in the textbook, 20 years from now, we will be vilified. Our civilization will be vilified. I hope, so. I hope we're vilified. But it, it's incredible, even at something like getting health care, which should be a fundamental human right, black people and brown people still being discriminated against. Well, you also see in these cities the access to health care, right? And the American health care system is... Very messed up. We have some figuring out to do when it comes to our healthcare system because we're we're a mess. Yeah, we're a fucking mess. I mean, you look at Canada; they haven't figured it out. They're our neighbors. Why? Why the fuck have we not figured it out? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so everything's privatized in America. Yeah. The, so the <laughs> the access to healthcare argument that I was talking about is these people in these people mostly african-american people of color in these cities don't have a hospital yeah. for for miles yeah. you know and um when those hospital when they go to those hospitals they're looked over almost when let's say in in indianapolis a black male has corona well that black male may not have uh health care yeah health coverage they have 2.0 in indiana well, now he can't go to the doctor because he can't afford to pay for his down pay or down or copay. Yeah. And now that guy is trying at home remedies with his family, and now his kids get it. His mom gets it. His dad gets it. His wife gets it. Now we have one person that had corona, and now we have eight people that now have it. Yeah, and then that eight turns into... That eight turns into 32, you know, whatever, yeah. times four. It's It could increase as much as that person lets it. And this could all be fixed in a couple easy ways. You just got to... Healthcare needs to be more affordable across the board. Basically, what we're looking at is all across the nation, healthcare is for profit, and it's one of the biggest things for profit. So, if a if a black man comes in with coronavirus and doesn't have the money to pay for it, what's the incentive for this hospital that is profit driven to help this person? And I'm not saying that nurses and doctors 
they're good people. They are, for the majority, incredible, incredible, incredible selflessly. And they're very selfless people. And what they've been doing during this pandemic has been truly breathtaking. Yeah, to anyone watching that's a nurse, doctor, uh, you're a goddamn janitor superhero. in a hospital, you guys are heroes and we appreciate you. Uh, without you, <laughs> who knows where yeah. we'd be. But this doesn't come down to our healthcare professionals. This is much higher up the ladder. This is coming to the people that own privatized hospitals and yeah. the way that this system is set up. Again, I want to reiterate, I don't want it to seem like if I'm sick and you, you guys listen to this podcast and I'm turned away, I'm going to feel real bad. Um, <laughs> but really, truly, thank you for everyone. And if you have a family member, make sure to hug them a little tighter because this is really, 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 really taxing and mentally just destructive work that people are having to go through. So Yes. When it comes to health care, we need to have a health care for all system. And I think Obama Obama tried that. Mm-hmm. But I also do see the downfalls of having a health care for all system and why it wouldn't or possibly couldn't make sense for America. The Americans are what it seemed to be inherently selfish people. Mm-hmm. Um, and when it comes to a health care for all system... Um, you you are pay you technically if you're a healthy human being are paying for someone else's health care that may be a chronic cigarette smoker and for me for the well-being of our of our communities and our in our united states i think it's important i think it's important that we need to have that because if this person isn't well this person that has lung cancer has been smoking cigarettes then they they could possibly contribute to society in a meaningful way someday. Yeah. You know, and I think as long, I think we need to be, <laughs> empathy, empathy is the word empathy. of the day. Empathy is the Truly. word of the day, guys. We need to be empathetic towards each other and, yeah. you know, really realize that we're all in this together and we're fighting, <laughs> we're going through this thing called life at the same time and, you know, we're all going through it together so why not make it as enjoyable as possible while we're here? Well, I have a question for you because, the healthcare system is so much, it's, it's broken. It's fundamentally broken right now. What do you think? Do you think like something like a hybrid system or something that we start off by first making sure the hospitals are no longer privatized and no longer for, for profit? Do you think that would help us kind of slowly curve down into like a Medicare for all if we had something like that in place first? I don't think right now in where we are politically in America, it is possible for a Medicare for all system. Yeah. Because if it was, we probably would have elected Bernie (laughs) to be our democratic, to be the democratic uh, nominee. Well, do you think that could, we could slide into it somehow, like take smaller steps into it? We did. We, we, we took one major step with Obamacare. I mean, obviously it didn't go as well as his administration and his, him plan, but it, it, it was something he tried. He yeah. tried. No, no other president tried a health care for all air quotations of health care for all. Uh, no president has tried that. Yeah. Well, before. Do, do you think we could maybe it starts with something smaller? Yeah, we can reform. A, let's reform yeah. Obamacare. Let's not. The thing that this administration has tried to do is destroy Obamacare. And uh, what I've read about President Trump is that he really doesn't have a plan when it comes to Medicare. <laughs> Um, he, it's kind of, he, 
Donald, Donald Trump is a very interesting man, if we want to get into yeah. our president. He, he, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, he's he's a very smart. He's dumb not man. stupid. He's a very smart, dumb man. He is informed to the point where everything he's doing is planned. Even if it doesn't look planned, everything he's doing is planned. And yeah. and I think the best example of that was after his Tulsa uh, rally. Mm-hmm. That picture that they took of him walking off uh, Air Force One, looking all dejected. That's the first time we've ever seen his plan not go to plan. Which I think is incredible because he's always full energy because he knows what he's doing and he knows what the next step is going to be. And that's why he's been such a, I don't want to say like hard president to deal with, but like such a politically divisive president because every move I think is calculated. And he wants it to look like he's stupid and he wants it to look like he's, he doesn't have the smarts to do these things. Because if he does that, people get to ease and they can make fun of him. And while they're making fun of him, he's already on to the next part of his plan. He is, he, he's got a very interesting presidency. If we look at the history of presidents, if you were to compare him to someone, Joey, who would it be? <laughs> you know, uh, I wasn't alive at the time, but uh, I think that goes without saying, but probably like Andrew Jackson. I agree. I was about to say the same I would thing. say Andrew Jackson. If, if Donald Trump, I'm surprised he hasn't, because like Andrew Jackson put a giant ball of cheese in the White House for the people of America to come in and take a little bit. That's basically how Trump has ran his campaign. <laughs> it's, here's a giant ball of cheese, take, take what you want, sort of thing. But Andrew Jackson was a fucking terrible person. He was a terrible individual. I mean, the Trail of Tears, he basically engineered that. For those of you that don't know what the Trail of Tears is, uh, basically, Native Americans, we were talking about Native Americans at the beginning of this podcast, they were pushed out of Florida, Florida, taken to Oklahoma, right? Yeah, so they, they, they were forced to walk west um, without really any stopping, no shoes, nothing, no water, nothing, I mean, mass casualties. And this was pretty much engineered by Andrew Jackson. When you think of Donald Trump... <laughs> For some reason, I just went immediately to Andrew Jackson. Andrew Jackson because his campaign was built on fear, number one. It was fear of Native Americans rising up and fear of a rebellion. Um, and so his basic talking points were, uh, we're going uh, to gonna keep them in an area, an ergo that build a wall. Um, and then once he was president, he just kept his campaign going for the people, which I know sounds like a good thing, but it was a superficial for the people. He was still doing whatever the fuck he wanted to, but it was like bread and circuses. He's giving them a giant ball of cheese to appease them. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what Trump's doing. He's given them spectacle. He's given us spectacle, the American people spectacle, keeping us entertained, um, while he just does some shit on the side. And his, his campaign was very much built off here. Why were you going to say he's like Andrew Jackson? So same reasons, literally same, the same reasons. Same reasons. I mean, when you look at Andrew Jackson's presidency and the flow of of uh, Trump's presidency, very similar ideals when it comes to values, when it comes down to it, like the wall thing. Yeah. Uh, we we don't want people from other countries coming into our country, kind of thing. Andrew Jackson believed that this was his country when he took over. Yeah, it was a manifest destiny. Yeah, manifest destiny. It was, it was God's will for them to yep. move west. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he is Donald Trump every day. Just so much entertainment he gives me. Yeah. And, uh, and I appreciate I appreciate you, Trump. I appreciate you, Donald. That's the only reason. But you really appreciate <laughs> I appreciate you for the amount of entertainment yeah. that you give me. Well, uh, people are... 
the first comparison and the easiest comparison to make is Ronald Reagan, um, because you've got someone that's has no political experience, was in the entertainment field because Reagan was an actor for a great many years, and then both of them have ignored the pleas of the black communities. For Reagan, that was with the AIDS epidemic, but I think where he and Trump differ is he just didn't talk about it. He went silent. AIDS didn't exist. Donald Trump would have brought that up, and it would have been a fear-mongering thing. It would have been a tactical move for him. But Ronald Reagan is the only, only white president to speak at the NAACP. Okay. I didn't know that. He is the only president to do that. Well, he, he does get exc- – this topic for another day. He does get exclaimed as a racist because he ignored the, yeah, the AIDS. HIV uh, AIDS epidemic, obviously. But, what I, again, I don't, just like Trump, I don't think he had a plan. I just don't think he had a plan for, for coronavirus. Like, like, Trump doesn't have a plan for coronavirus. I don't think Ronald Reagan had a plan yeah. for AIDS. And it's, it's hard to really plan for things like that, which – Shout out to Greg Gasno for telling me Ronald Reagan's the greatest president of all time. <laughs> well, he, he's so often revered as a Republican figurehead, but that was just for his, I, I think, economically. He was just very conservative economically. Um, and I, didn't, I don't know enough about the man. All I know is about the idea of trickle-down economics and how that blew up in his face, how that didn't really pan out the way that he yeah, thought it would. trickle-down economics makes a great all of a sudden impact. Yeah. Like immediate right after. But if you look at eight years yeah. after Reagan's presidency, uh, our economy sucked. Well, here's the thing. With trickle-down economics, the power of the rich, you, you, you basically try and stimulate the, the top 1% of businesses so that that money trickles down to their employees, and then they buy more, they have the ability to buy more, and it just, the cycle continues. If you look at Jeff Bezos, what? The fuck? He's the exact, like, What? He, he he is the richest person in the entire world, I believe. I mean, I don't think anyone has anymore. I mean, if you think if, in a couple, he's only getting richer. Oh yeah, he's only getting richer. And you know what? I I don't have any more fucking money in my pocket. I'm a fucking I'm a patron of Amazon.com. I don't get any money. Where's the trickle down there? You know, Jeff Bezos. The idea is that. It's built on the fact, we're going to go back to empathy, baby. I'm going to shift this right back in a second gear. Word of the day. Word of the day. The idea is that basically, if you have more money as a business owner, you're going to be more empathetic. You're going to raise wages and then put more money in. I, Jeff Bezos is a fucking lizard person. <laughs> There's nothing going on behind those cold dead you eyes. You want to talk lizard person theory? I'll talk lizard <laughs> person theory. But there's nothing going on behind those cold dead eyes. He has no empathy. You're not getting any money put back in the economy. Where I, I think it's a great... You know what? I'm going to fucking say this. Call me a goddamn Marxist. Call me a communist. Communism looks damn good on paper. It looks fucking amazing on paper. My friend Jacob Steiner said the same thing. It looks Jacob, great Jacob said the same on thing. paper. Trickle-down economics... Same. It looks amazing on paper. But then when it comes into practice, you got shitty people doing shitty things. And it just never pans out. Because when you plan for something, you can never plan for human nature. You can never yeah. plan for what people are going to do with it. I, I want to... What do you... You know what? We're going to take a sharp here, if you don't mind. What do you think about communism? Okay. So, I mean... Uh, this is such a hard question to answer because... When you look at com- when you look at the communism manifesto, yeah. Right? Also, we're gonna lose fifty percent of the listeners. Yeah, guys, hang in, hang <laughs> in, hang, hang, hang in here. Communism is is bad because you look at the Stanford Prison Experiment, right? Oh yeah. When you give someone power over, and when you give someone power and take away someone else's power, the person in power will abuse their power. So a dictator, 
You look at Russia. You look at okay, China says they're not a dictatorship. Oh, but they but, are. Come on. Uh, you look at China. Those two. You look at North Korea as well. Those three uh, countries. They look at their economy. I mean, North Korea doesn't have an assemblance of an economy. It's non-existent. It's non-existent. China has. China is an interesting country when you look at their economics and their social structure, because they're a very let's get to work based culture. When it comes down to it, they want to yeah. get shit done, and they do. Yeah. The Chinese government has gotten shit done for years. I mean, look at all these trade deals they have. They have a surplus of money incoming. You look at Russia. Uh, Vladimir Putin is now in control of Russia until 2036. We get the fucking doors kicked in immediately. KGB in here. <laughs> no. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a dictatorship through and through, but I'm, you can, I'm sorry. No, keep it. No, go ahead. Yeah. It's just, it's, I, think it's a, I think it's a horrible idea. I think it's humanistically yeah. horrible. Communism, it, come, it comes from a good place, I think. And the idea that we all have everything that everyone else has is, is the basic idea. But then people were like, well, what if I had that instead? What if, what if we just took that idea, but like I had it and no one else did? And that's communism. It got twisted and changed from the original. And I don't think we can talk about communism ever again without it being stigmatized stigmatized not even stigmatized just objectively bad i mean you look at look at bernie sanders right i mean he he took a turn he turned turned the conversation from communism to socialism i think that's what he really he really turned the curve on that and the diff the real difference between communism and socialism is who's in charge Mm -hmm. with communism you have a dictatorship if we had socialism in america we'd still have a president uh and if in four years or eight years we didn't like that economic system, we could vote him out. But when you look at Bernie, when you look at Bernie's ideas fundamentally, they make so much sense for America. I mean, yeah, healthcare, college. You want to talk about college expenses? You got two college kids right here. <laughs> I, two I, college I, kids paying for fucking University of Phoenix, damn near. Still. <laughs> 20,000, 25,000 a year. That's bullshit. Paying <laughs> for some online shit. I didn't even get, I didn't get tuition back or anything. Jack shit. I got, you know what I got? I got like $2,000 because I didn't get to live in my, my dorm room. That Which is, all, that's better than, better a than lot nothing. of people on IU's campus. Yeah, I know. The fucking poor people that were stuck in apartments and stuff. But um, with Bernie, I think. He would have. This is an idea that I think has been gaining some ground. He would have definitely benefited from um, more than a two-party system. Yeah, I think for sure. we have outgrown as a country the two-party system. I think as a country we have outgrown the voting system. There's too many fucking people. <laughs> There's too many people. I think we've outgrown the voting system. You watched the Patriot Act, so you know about how Maine does its voting with your top choices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's super and interesting. And they split it, right? Yeah, it's yeah. super, super interesting. So rather than voting across party lines, because I didn't know this, I voted for the first time in um, the primaries okay. a couple weeks back. I didn't realize that if you say you're a Democrat, you go to the Democrat side and can only vote for Democrats. Yeah. Um, what Maine does, you basically can choose up to five candidates. And if the first choice uh, does not get the part of the votes, they are thrown out of the election, basically. Yeah. And whoever was your second choice, they get your vote. Um, so you are not losing a vote. 
if you vote for someone of a third party. And that's what a lot of people are afraid of, because if you vote for the Green Party and the Green Party doesn't get jack shit and you just split your party in half, if you're normally a Democratic voter, then they feel like, oh, fuck, I handed this to them. But if you are able to have your second choice get your vote, your vote is not wasted. Your vote, you, you vote for who you want. If they don't get it, well, that's that sucks. Your your vote goes to someone so else. So you vote for two people, essentially, is what they do? You pick your priority. So you, you can go down, I want this person first, this person second, this person third. So Prioritize voting. You right? prioritize you voting, and you can vote ap- across party lines. So if Bernie ran as a socialist, I, I, would comfortable, I would feel comfortable voting for him and then Biden, because if Bernie gets doesn't get the votes, my vote still goes to Biden. Mm-hmm. I don't lose my vote. Yeah. Which I think is super interesting. I think that's the way we should be doing it. Or if you want to talk third party, we got Kanye West in the election, baby. Motherfucker. <laughs> I mean, we've been saying it for years. Yay for president, yay for president. And I think he he announced it on Twitter. He still has, um, he he still has a lot of paperwork. He hasn't filled out any of the paperwork. And he has a lot to catch up on. Uh, well, whether it be campaign funding, well, actually, never mind. He doesn't need. He doesn't need anyone else's just, money. Fine. He has way too much of his own. But I'm, I'm just sitting here thinking about <laughs> Kanye America. Imagine Kanye being your president. I don't think I want to. And then don't. And then just go on with your life, <laughs> knowing that there's a hellscape out there. Because I believe that there's infinite possibilities and infinite little decisions that could change everything. Put yourself into that and do your shoes on that fucking hellscape. You wake up in the morning and you have to you have to pray to Kanye because he is of course Jesus, he is our God. Secondly, you got to sing every song off of my beautiful dark twisted fantasy as the national anthem. Football games are 8 hours now because Kanye has to perform at every halftime show. <laughs> this is hell now. This is hell. Every oh my god, dude. Kanye loves Kanye. Um uh, but he Kanye is an interesting, interesting guy. A lot of interesting people in this world. I find a lot of people very interesting. Kanye is yeah. definitely one of those people when it comes to promoting himself. Well, did you see the theory that he's a he was fucking debating Donald Trump to help get people out of out of jail? No, I didn't see. Well, that wasn't that Kim Kardashian that did that. She yeah, did. but apparently there's this theory going around that that Kanye went all MAGA and everything just so that Trump would think of him as well, an ally, as an ally, and then would listen to him. Because I I saw some he was talking to someone and the guy was like, "Hey, do you want these these MAGA hats?" And he's like, "What do I? Why do I want them anymore? I already got my job done," sort of thing. So maybe he's not crazy. I could see. I could see Kanye doing that. He suffers from bipolar disorder yes also yeah yeah okay let's talk about mental that mental illness that he suffers with or is deals with he what does it mean to be bipolar well the stigma is that you're crazy yeah that's not you're not crazy people that suffer from bipolar disorder are not crazy and that word is very ableist i think when it comes to um talking about mental illness is the word crazy that is incredibly fucking ableist you are Basically putting these people into a single category, which is all insane. I don't think Kanye is insane. I don't think people with bipolar disorder are insane. But Kanye has made some questionable decisions. Yeah, that have for been sure. that have his mental illness is one hundred percent contributed to. Yes, and let me explain bipolar disorder real quick because it's, it really is misunderstood. Bipolar disorder is you have two phases of it. You have a manic, and which is when you are 
um, when you're manic, you may gamble a lot and lose a lot of money. You may make split-second decisions, divorce your wife. You may buy a new car. You may do things that are not normal. Yeah, to you. Normal. To quotations you. around normal for you to do. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then you have a state where you're calm, where you're, you're, you're yourself. And that person, you know, when you're in that state, you're yourself. You're normal. Yeah. You're your normal self every day you wake up. But right when you snap into that manic phase is <clears throat> stuff can go downhill really quickly if you don't have the right people around. Yeah. And I don't think, <coughs> I don't think Kanye has the right people around him right now because I saw another news story. This is of course, I don't trust Jack shit unless I see it three or four times. And I only saw this one once that said that Kanye was going through a manic episode when he announced that he was running for president. Makes sense. It makes sense. But why I feel like everyone around him is fucking enabling him. You know? I, I don't think that he has the right support system. I've never been worried about Kanye before. Kanye, if you're listening to this, <laughs> I'm worried now, buddy. If you need help, blink toys. But um DM us Kanye. Please, Kanye. <laughs> shout us out. But um I think the stigma against like bipolar disorder has a massive fucking stigma. I'm not saying that any... It's just not understood. It's not understood at all. People think you're either really happy or really sad. That's not yeah. the case. Well, I mean, it, first of all, I think the name is misleading. I mean, when you, when you look at bipolar, it's like two different poles, two different opposites. I don't think it's that. I think it's you have, I guess, like, I don't want to say two faces, but like two... I don't even want to say two. It, it's like there's a multitude of things within it where you have your, your I guess, quote-unquote normal cognitive phase and then you have a phase that's kind of like oh what was that movie with that dude that had like eight different split split with james mcavoy hell of an actor it's like split with two two people but yeah it's kind it's well what the split what split uh characterized was multiple personality disorder and what kanye has is bipolar disorder but so multiple personality disorder is just a broader version of bipolar disorder. Uh, they could have manic. They could have a female personality, male personality, a football player personality, MMA fighter personality, yeah. a mom, a dad, a uncle. So you got a wide range of that. Yeah, you could. It, it, yeah, he he had twenty twenty eight different personalities. Yeah. I think in his in his Hell um, movie rendition. Yeah, great movie. Hell if you haven't watched Split, watch it. And then it's, I think there's another there's a sequel to it, right? Yeah, well, it's part of a. Ladies and gentlemen, it's part of a trilogy. You've got Unbreakable with uh, f- oh, fuck the guy from one of the greatest action stars of all time, whose name is he kills a lot. Is he the one that kills a lot of people? No, he's the one. That's uh, Samuel Jackson. No, 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 no. The dead, like when someone killed his dog, Keanu Reeves. Is that what you're talking about? No, it's it's a uh, Die Hard. Die Hard. Oh, uh, Vin Diesel. No, not Vin <laughs> Diesel. No, God damn it. Oh, Are you talking about the bald dude, Die Hard? Bruce Willis, thank Bruce you. Willis, Bruce yeah. Willis was in a movie called Unbreak. Bruce Willis was in a movie called Sorry guys. <laughs> called Unbreakable. That was the first movie. Then you got Split as a sequel, and then Mr. Glass with Samuel L. Jackson. So it's a trilogy. Um, we've gotten so far. <laughs> <laughs> um, We're talking about. Movies. But I think Split shows like at its most, uh, like not aggressive, but like at its like the the one of the worst it could be. You know, or one of the, yeah. I don't want to say worse, but like serious. Yeah. Most serious conditions is 28, but bipolar, what Kanye has is like this Kanye 
and then there's Kanye that makes super rash decisions. Yeah. And it's, it's not necessarily that they're two different people. He's the same person. It just kind of, he doesn't have as much, have as much impulse control. And, and I'm fucking voting for him. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, Kanye has gone through a lot of maturing process in his music yeah. career, you know, when it comes down to it. His last album you saw was very spiritual. Yeah. And the album before that was about his bipolar disorder. Throw up. The name of it. Uh, I love being bipolar. It's awesome, but it's that's the album cover. Yeah, or I hate being it's bipolar. Like it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's called Yeah. Yeah, it's called Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. And uh, he he is a musical genius. Yes. When it comes down to it, but in the office of the presidency, yeah, let's stay away from that. <sighs> yeah, I mean, as much as I would love for like a press conference at the White House, and he's just fucking. Blowing, rapping. he's just rapping. He's putting out music, as the kids say. He's he's turned up, I think. Teed. Kim Kardashian is the first lady. Beautiful woman. Beautiful woman. But God, not that I'm a, not that I'm a, we're objectifying women on this podcast. She is a just a very beautiful woman. Hardworking. She got. But we were just talking about that. It's, she's it was, a, she's, a she's spearheaded. She's yeah. A well, actually, that was that was also a lie. Oh, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> that, she's, she's close. Not. She's damn close. But um, she spearheaded that campaign to get people out of out of, out of prison. But yeah, she's used her platform for something good. But <laughs> not the Oval Office. Yeah, no, 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 no. Please, yeah. for the love of God, not the Oval Imagine Office. Imagine Kanye trying to talk foreign policy with I don't know China's leader. I just, I would just. Uh, He's a good... I think deep down, he's a good person. Oh, great dude. I think he's a great dude. But not everyone can be president. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to the presidency, think about everything that you're in charge of. The economy, and the social structure, the the foreign... How, how other countries perceive You saw us. how it aged Obama. Obama went in there with a fucking killer hairline. He left in, like, really good hair. Yeah, he was great. He left gray, stricken, and a forehead the size of a landing strip. It ages you. It ages you. I mean, he was there for eight years. It, it probably felt, it aged his body probably like 20 years. Because you are doing so much stress, so much, over and over again. And I, I want to amend my statement when I said not everyone can be president. I think everyone can be president. I don't think everyone should be president. Yeah. You have to have a certain skill set to be president. The way that the Constitution is written is that anyone can be president if they meet the criteria, you're born here, you're 35, so on and so forth. It says nothing about experience. But I think you probably, I don't know, should have... It's kind of a given, right? A little bit of experience. It's not like we're ever going to elect a 45th president that didn't have any experience in legislative. Um, well, but you're looking at... Uh, <laughs> but here's the thing with me that I keep coming back to, because I'm thinking about how Donald Trump had no experience. But you know who else didn't have experience? Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> who was the governor of goddamn California. And you know what he did? He did a great job. He was a great governor. Well, when you look at Arnold Schwarzenegger as a person, the, the thing that he has, I think, I believe, I don't know Arnold, but if you're watching this, Arnold, I love you. I love you too, so you much. You're the greatest Terminator of all time. I love you so much. Uh, you're sexy. I don't Batman what? Forever was a terrible movie. <laughs> when you look at him as a person, he's a very, he's empathetic. Yeah. If you look at his policy too, yeah. he's passed some good policy where he's at. And I think when if you want to be a a politician out there, I I I want to be a politician. So you have to really know how to connect with people. Mm -hmm. 
um, it's probably one of actually the most important things because your voters want to know who you are. And with someone like Donald Trump, we knew in 2016, the people knew what we were getting. And I think the reason why Hillary lost is, first of all, because she ran a horrible campaign. Yeah. Um, also, objectively, not a good person. Yeah, objectively, Hillary Clinton, I mean, if you look at what she did as Secretary of Defense under the Obama administration, she had one really big fuck-up in Benghazi. And um, and her track record as a person, I mean... The Clintons I, in general. Yeah, I'm not going to say any... I'm not, I don't subscribe to any conspiracy theories, um, but a lot of people have died around the Clintons. Yeah. A lot of people have died. Even uh, you could look at Jeffrey Epstein, right? Oh I mean, shit, dude! And how, what about where the what's it, is it? Giselle? Uh, is it Giselle? Giselle? Uh, Maxwell is her last name. Madam Maxwell. Maxwell. Madam Maxwell. <laughs> yeah, I, but I, I want to just take a little little tangent right now. How long do you give her? I don't think. A couple months. <sighs> she knows too much. I'm saying we might even find out tomorrow. I'm saying we might even find out tomorrow. But how fucking brazen would that be? If she just ends up randomly dead, that's like that's punching the American people in the face and saying like we we think you're so stupid, you are so dumb, we're gonna do this anyway. We're gonna do it twice. We're gonna do it fuck twice. You you guys made a meme out of Epstein. Make a make a meme out of this shit. Make a meme out of Maxwell. It's sad because they know Jeffrey Epstein. By the way, if you haven't watched the Netflix documentary, yeah, um, and you're bored in quarantine, watch it. I mean, it is, there is some crazy it is, shit. It is he, sickening. I'll throw a trigger he warning. Was, he, yeah, yeah. If you are a victim of sexual assault or any anything under that umbrella. Um, Massive before, trigger warning. Before, yeah, before you watch Massive this. Massive trigger warning. Please be careful. Um, I, I watched it and I was just, but I find myself in tears sometimes because yeah. these were, he was, Oh my God. He was such a bad fucking. When you think about like, I'm not a hundred percent. When you think about the shit yeah. faces in society, yeah, he's one. Of them. I'm not a hundred percent a religious person, but if if I were, I would think, oh, we found Satan. There we go. There's Satan. He's definitely going to hell. Oh yeah, I mean, he, or he's got a fuck. He's as soon as he tripped and fell and broke his neck or whatever the story was, he was immediately in hell. I think he was a fucking terrible person. That documentary, at moments, I was sick to my stomach. It's disturbing. A terrible person that had a hell of a lot of dirt on. So much power. Yeah. So much so power. Much it's unbelievable. I mean, the Clintons definitely are, I think, They're intrinsically linked. Donald Trump is also intrinsically linked, which was cool that we had an election between that. But um, it's just really fucked up. <laughs> At all, the higher-ups, because you know shit's going to go down. I just can't imagine the information that he knew there's a very big trend in america this might be a hot take uh hopefully it is i love having hot takes but in america we fail to hold people that are higher up in the social structure whatever you may call it we hold we fail to hold them to a higher standard of morale while it be our cops yeah we, we don't hold our cops accountable justice for brianna taylor by the way um we don't hold justice for a fucking president. <laughs> uh, like, dude, you are 
president of the United States, you have certain expectations. You have there are things that you can't say in politics that Donald Trump has said. And he has For a example, you're not supposed to you're not supposed to cuss when it comes to pol- pol- like policy stuff. When you're the president of the United States, you are like it is very. Um, unmannerly for you to cuss. Donald yeah. Trump cusses like a sailor, which is cool. If I was running for president, I'd probably cuss too. Cussing's cool. Cussing's fun. Do it, kid. I enjoy it. I enjoy cussing. It, it just, it's a good little, like, it makes people laugh yeah. sometimes. It's a neurological thing too yeah. where it makes you feel better. But also, he has a ban, or he has a warrant out for his arrest from Iran, uh, Donald Trump does. Oh, because he killed Baghdadi. Yeah. So, He's not being held accountable at all for any of his actions. I think the warrant for his arrest is nuts. I don't know the information on how many presidents have been um, – have, there's been a warrant for their arrest. I don't think it's been that high of a number. By another country? By another country. And he's impeached. <laughs> we keep forgetting there's so much crazy shit going on. He was impeached. Yeah. He was impeached. He could be the only president to have been impeached and reelected. What do we do in America? That's if okay. Let me rephrase that. If you are educated on your opinion and you support whatever Donald Trump supports, more power to yeah. you. I, it is America. You have the right to your opinion, and if you want to vote for Donald Trump in this upcoming election, fucking do it. Do your research, though. Yeah. I, I don't. I have a lot of friends. I have a lot of friends that are pro-Trump. I have. I mean, Fishers, Indiana is a pretty, uh, pretty red area. Pretty red area. But, I mean, just because you're a Trump supporter, I, I also want to let people know that this is also the case. Just because you're a Trump supporter doesn't mean you're, you're racist, you're yeah. a bad person. And just because you're supporting Biden doesn't mean you're morally, morally superior, smarter, superior, yeah, doesn't mean you're more intelligent, doesn't mean you're, you're better. And just because you support Kanye doesn't mean you're dumb. Well, actually, yes, I advise please don't vote for actually, Kanye. Please. Okay, so the reason the reason why we are saying don't vote for Kanye is it's Kanye can't run as a Republican, correct? Because I believe the nomination the nomination's been given for both parties, so I don't think Kanye can run as a Democrat. I think he has to run as an independent. Yeah, pull Gary Johnson. Yeah, <laughs> and if you vote third party there won't be enough people to there won't be enough people that vote for Kanye for him to get elected anyways that's the thought at least so you're kind of losing your vote you're wasting your vote yeah so that's like like my brother in 2016 wrote in Richard Nixon that's a waste of a vote (laughs) and I talked to him about that that was a waste of a vote it was a waste of a vote and that vote could have gone to Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton or Gary Johnson or what was a Tea Party candidate back I don't Whatever her name was. She's yeah. not even relevant. But, but you <laughs> got to vote for somebody. Vote for somebody. Do your research, as you said. Do your research. Register to vote. If in Indiana, October 5th is the deadline. Super easy. Yeah, Super it, easy I think it's to register. Indiana.gov. I did it online. Voter registration. It took me... Three minutes, four minutes, something like Please that. Please register to vote. It's and you get a little sticker. You, yeah, you get a little sticker at the end of it. Um, I don't know how voting's going to work with this co- upcoming know. election. We'll see. The person at the polling center gave me a hug, which I don't think was protocol. I initiated it, though. Oh, okay. Was so, it your friend? Or? No. It's just I just was overcome with the joy of voting for the first time. <laughs> a bald eagle was outside, and I thought... God. Was it like a like a sexual thing on that? No, I think it was more like dad after a baseball game. Like okay. even though Even though I struck out... Man, come here, buddy. Sort of thing. Okay. It was actually really sweet. Like, like, like mom when you were little, 
if you tackle like you didn't even get a tackle in your football yeah. game, but she still took you to get like a Bakugan or something. You yeah. Know? yeah, like, like how, good job, son. And then it was really sweet. And you guys, I don't know, there might be that in your future if you uh, if you register to vote. I don't want to say you. That's gonna happen. I will come personally give you a kiss. Yes, uh, I will do a little forehead kiss. That'll make you feel really good about I'll yourself. Kiss you with a mask on if it makes you feel better. Just, but just regardless of what your reward is, just register to vote. Yeah, it's whoever you are voting we'll, for. We'll, we'll put the link on our Twitter for Indiana. Um, yeah, and then I don't really know how we're gonna do uh, other states when it comes down to it. I don't know what we're gonna do with, um, you know, if our audience does expand out of Indiana, yeah. which I hope it does. That would be fucking awesome. That'd be crazy. I um, love that. I would love that, but if our audience does expand, obviously we'll expand our coverage of you know elections or whatever it may be as our audience expands, but. Uh, for now, we'll focus on Indiana. Uh, we'll post that on our Twitter. Just register. Just register. It's easy. Um, I promise. Yeah, but this has been. I've. I think we've covered a multitude of topics. Yeah, it's fun. Do you have anything else you want to say on any of the topics? Any closing statements? Because we covered a lot. Um, I would like to say thank you to you guys um, yeah. for listening to this. I think we uh, an hour and a half. <laughs> it's pretty close. I'll, I'll try. I might cut down some parts here and there. Yeah. But we talked for an hour and a half. Um, we don't want to take out too much of your guys' time, uh, but we appreciate you. Uh, again, shout out to Sydney Smith for creating the logo. Hell shout the out logo. to Kirk Schaefer for giving me a mic to use, even though we did use it this podcast. Shout out to the Hamilton East Public Library AV Studio. Yes, for hosting us and letting us stay, letting us not stay here. But even though this is <laughs> letting a, us use this bad boy. This is a band practice room that we snuck our way into. Yeah, we broke in. We broke a yeah. couple windows. I, I don't know if we should. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. The, uh, uh, you guys didn't hear that. The window's we'll, already broken. We'll edit uh, <laughs> but again, I just the one thing I want to reiterate is just have empathy. And register to vote. But just every day you have a choice to see yourself. You look in the mirror and you have a chance to see beyond yourself or you have a chance to see what's on the mirror. You got to choose to see beyond yourself. Yeah. You got to pick empathy no matter what you're doing. Someone cuts you off while you're driving. Maybe they're running late to a son's birthday party or something. Just have some empathy. Give people the benefit of the doubt. Yes. And I think if you give people, if you show people empathy that You'll be you'll be a happier person uh, because you know you understand. <laughs> Just punch the fuck out of Mike. You 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 at least try and understand where people are coming from. So if you come from a place of empathy, um, you'll be you'll see yourself uh, being more understanding. But that's all I have for today. Uh, yeah. Thank you guys. Thank you guys for taking this journey we'll with us. We'll see you next week, and we may or may not have a guest on, and her name may or may not be Amy Cole Rivera, who's running in District 5. What a fucking surprise for me. I didn't know yet. We'll edit that out. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) The District 5 part. (laughs) I don't know what district she's running in. I didn't realize that was even a possibility. Yeah, we may or may not have a guest. Uh, I've been talking to a lady by the name of Amy Cole Rivera, who is a good friend of mine, and I'd say good friend of, like, her, she, you're good friends with her son, right? Yeah. AJ? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even realize that was your son. <laughs> uh, I'm going to edit this part out. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but uh, she's a great friend. Uh, she's going to come on here, hopefully talk about her platform and what she wants to do with uh, if she wins this year. But and I'm gonna I'm gonna try and hold up in that conversation. <laughs> we'll see. You guys have a great week, and we'll see you next week on Fresh Take with Joey and Ranveer. Stay beautiful. Well, it's that time of the episode again for the end of the episode. Thank you so much for tuning in to Fresh Take with Joey and Ranveer. We are supported by Subway. Eat fresh. We are not supported by Subway. Eat fresh. Are you... Who's... Oh, my God. I'm going to lose my mind. I'm going to lose my mind. I'm, who wrote it? Who wrote that? Who, who thought that was funny to do it twice? Who wrote it for the outro and the intro? I want to... Fire him. Oh, his dad, his dad owns the company. Oh, his dad is Ranveer. Oh, Ranveer's a father? And he never introduced me? Wow. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will see you next week.